Hi, I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. Today, the sad truth that many companies will go broke. We talked to not only one company that's already given up the ghost, but to a senior insolvency expert who says the worst is yet to come. Thanks for your company on another episode of the Money Minutes, and it really is with a very sad heart that I talk to you today about this subject because it's just not going to be very pleasant for so many people in Victoria and other parts of the country who are going to be affected by these stage four lockdowns uh, across Greater Melbourne. The inevitability of companies collapsing and people losing jobs is now becoming very much more real. And the sad truth is that there's not a whole bunch that the government can do. Yes, they can borrow more money, but it's almost like it's staving off the inevitable because of the pressure and the power of the coronavirus. And this new second phase, this breakout in Victoria, is only really heaping Um, The gloom and doom, not only on the national budget, but also on many companies, especially in the tourism and hospitality industries. The Prime Minister sort of summed the mood up today in his press conference where he talked about the plight of Victorians. I know that across Victoria, many today, frankly, would have reached breaking point, trying to come to terms with what has happened in their state, what it means for them what it means for their family, what it means for their businesses. They've worked so hard for their jobs, for their livelihoods, for the care of their children and their education. It's heartbreaking. This pandemic, this virus, is taking a heavy toll. So it's not just the fact that people are locked down in Victoria for the next six weeks. It's also the concern, the worry that they will have about their jobs and their businesses in the next coming months and even years. And this is really the subject that I want to go to today. We'll speak with a man who already has decided that the inevitability of collapse is too close. And so he's just closed up shop in an otherwise very successful um, property management business. And on the other side, we speak with Ian Purchase, who's a good friend of me and this program, been around for a long, long time. And his sobering note is that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Anyway, on with the program, because do bear in mind one thing in all of this. The government right now is not meeting in Parliament. Right now, if you go back and have a little bit of a look at it, it was on March 23 that the House of Representatives and the Senate resolved procedure changes so that they would not meet until further notice. Now, when further notice is, we don't know. The Senate's been suspended until the 11th of August, so in about a week's time. But it could be amended, and certainly with Victoria locked down, it's likely to be amended. Now, unless they get some way of being able to create Parliament via Zoom or some other virtual means, it's pretty hard. But if there is no new legislation being passed or amended, that causes problems. Because remember that a lot of the band-aids over Australia's economy, which include the ability of companies to be able to trade while insolvent, as we'll tell you through this episode, that ends on September 25. 
if that's not amended or extended, and if it needs the House of Representatives and the Senate to meet to be able to do that, then many companies have a real pressure point coming almost immediately. And the situation in Victoria is not only exacerbating that problem, but in many cases, a lot of companies already are terminal. We'll explain this to you as we go through today. But uh, as I say, it is a very sobering note. If our politicians cannot meet, cannot amend the legislation that they have made, the deadlines that they have created already, then the problems we have with the pandemic, the coronavirus, could potentially be about to get a lot worse. For months on this program, we've been talking to you about the avalanche of company failures that is going to come, which has been effectively, well, shall I say, delayed as a result of government action. And in particular, part of the the $160 billion stimulus package when at that time in March, the government enacted legislation that allowed company directors to trade their businesses while insolvent. Normally, legally, this would be Highly improper. Uh, If a company cannot pay its debts, if and when they fall due on any given day, they need to call in the administrators. Well, the government decided there'd be too many companies that would collapse and they would allow a period of grace. That grace period ends, according to legislation, on September 25. Now, if you consider that banks have got 220,000 business loans uh, worth about $60 billion already on loan repayment holidays... Uh, The Australian Bureau of Statistics last Friday said one in 10 businesses, according to these businesses themselves, is only surviving as a result of the good grace of their landlords, their banks and or the government support. It makes you ask the question with the new lockdown in Victoria, just how many are going to fail? Well, to find out about this, I go to somebody who um, I've always gone to when it comes to matters of insolvency, and that is Ian Purchase from SV Partners, been working in insolvency for many years, and he joins me now. Ian, many thanks for your time. Thank you, Ross. How are you? Good, thank you. Well, you know, we're going to talk a little later, as I've explained, to a hotel operator who's decided, even ahead of the government's legislation um, uh, that uh, is allowing companies to trade while insolvent, they've literally given up the ghost already. They've they've seen reality. Uh, There's a lot of other companies out there right now that are in a similar predicament, I would have thought. Oh, absolutely, Ross. There's there's no doubt about it. But I think what you've um, said in your introduction is, is exactly right. Um, there's a terminology going around at the moment called zombie companies, which are really those companies that um, are only being propped up and being kept alive by external forces. And without those external forces, and, and they include the stimulus and the changes in the legislation that you've mentioned, then there's no doubt that they would fail. So I think, uh, I mean, the interesting thing that I'm finding at the moment is that um, there are a number of sectors that are really badly hit. But in, within some sectors, you find parts of those sectors that are doing well. If you take re- retail, for instance, um, supermarkets and and, uh, and the pharmacies and, and those sorts of retailers are doing quite well. But if you look at the rag trade and a lot of the walking off the street type of retail, then they're doing really poorly. So, uh, yes, you're quite right. There are a lot of businesses that I think um, are being propped up at the moment and 
when the stimulus and that support um, finishes, then it's going to be very difficult for them. Yeah, Deloitte has indicated that they believe there's 240,000 businesses in tourism and professional services at high risk of failing. The real problem always with this, Ian, is a knock-on effect. If these businesses close, then their employees don't have a job, don't have an income. And unless the government's going to pay them, then of course then there's mortgages that don't get paid, credit cards that don't get paid, car loans that don't get paid. This is when you start to get... You know the really fierce chill of uh, of the economic recession, um, really staring the the community in the face. Oh well, that's right. And I, you know, I call it the trickle down effect. And and if you look at what happened during the GFC, which as we know was around two oh eight, um, you know, the height of the insolvencies coming out of that weren't wasn't until twenty twelve or twenty eleven and twenty twelve. So you know, it took a. I mean, there were the bigger companies that um, had immediate problems. But then, as that um, cascaded down through the down through the system, then um, we found that a lot of the SME businesses, which primarily where um, we work, is um, that they were the ones that were being affected then. But you know, once uh, once you have these problems, then it's the suppliers that have the problems, it's the landlords that have the problems, it's the banks, it's the uh, the employees who can't put meals on the table and pay their mortgage. So yes, that that trickle down effect or the flow on effect. Um, of these businesses uh, doing poorly and, and ultimately failing, which won't not all of them, but the ones that do, then really does have an effect right throughout the um, right right throughout the economy. You'd have thought about this about the way in which there might be some solution. Now, quite clearly, the ultimate solution is a vaccine for coronavirus that allows you know the community to get back to to normal, whatever normal is. Uh, but the truth is, without that vaccine. Um, it seems that a lot of companies are going to really stare uh, collapse and therefore the collapse of their employees in the face. Is there any solution around there? Is there any alternative to that to that as being the outcome? Well, Ross, I, one of the things that we try and do, most of our work is referred to us by accountants and lawyers because when a business um, or a director of a company can see that they're having problems, the first people they turn to are their solicitors or their accountants. Um, and we try to speak to those accountants and lawyers that refer work to us and say, if you have a client that's experiencing problems, then they really need to deal with it as soon as they experience those problems. Don't try and put a few band-aids on it. So my, I mean, my direct question to that, to answer that question is yes, deal with it as soon as you come across the problem. Don't wait. Don't throw a few, you know, throw more money at it. And the number of businesses I've seen that have been experiencing financial difficulty and then they, the directors take out the second mortgage on their house. They borrow money from family or friends and throw it um, at the problem. And ultimately, it's not. It, it fixes. It fixes it for for a little while, but it actually doesn't real deal with the underlying problems that have caused those issues. So, the answer to that question is: I mean, there's a whole lot of normal business um, processes that you should go through to ensure that your business is strong and can get through a period like this. But the, the number one thing, as far as I'm concerned, is as soon as you identify a problem, go and see someone about it because it's a bit like a medical problem. Um, if, it's, if it's identified early, then usually you'll find it's a lot easier to treat than if you leave it go for a while. So do you believe that the American Chapter 11-style, well, bankruptcy or voluntary administration, do you think that that could work in Australia? Is it something we should consider? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, we have our own our own type of Chapter 11, that, and that's the voluntary administration process. And in fact, our process is a lot simpler because you don't need to take it through the courts, and you know, really, only the directors, once they identify the problem, can initiate it. So, 
I don't think we need to go to the American style because we have a system here that works really well. And the voluntary administration process, again, if you if you deal with the problem early, then um, then you can deal with that very easily. And the legislation is there to allow a business to um, come to a compromise deal with its creditors and employees and landlords and banks to allow it to continue to trade. And so that I don't think we need to move to the American system because the Australian system that we have works really well. And do you believe that uh, really the situation in Australia when we look at it this time next year is going to be any better or worse than what we're seeing currently? Oh, Ross, I, I just don't see that this time next year it, it will really be hitting um, once the stimulus starts coming off and if those legislation changes you mentioned earlier. And it's, it's not just the trading whilst insolvent um, part, it's also... Uh, you may be aware that they've changed the statutory demand process in that uh, a statutory demand used to expire after 21 days. Now it expires in 20, uh, in six weeks, uh, sorry, in six months. And the threshold used to be $2,000 and now the th- threshold is $20,000. So if you're trying to recover a debt and, and the ultimate um, fallback on that is to serve a statutory demand, then you can't put that into any effect at least for six months. So... It's really kicking the tip, the tin down the road, and so I think that um, or the problem down the road, once that once those legislative changes um, come back to as they were prior to those changes, if the COVID changes and the stimulus falls away, then you will really see the problem. Um, it's going to flow to the top very quickly. So I I think that we're going to experience problems in in our economy for a number of years after this. It's not going to be a number of months. Ian Purchase, one of the leading uh, insolvency practitioners in Australia from SV Partners. Ian, uh, it's not such a good thing to talk to you in these times. I do understand that, but uh, we'll talk again very shortly. Thanks, Ross. take you to what I think is at least a very real story of what's taking place as a result of the economic downturn from coronavirus. And as I've told you, I think that there's many, many more businesses that are going to find themselves in a similar predicament. Now, as we've already explained to you, the real issue right now is that many companies that are technically insolvent are still allowed to operate as a result of a change in the law by the government that does expire on September 25. But just in the past week, I've come across a business which effectively is, as I say, indicative, I believe, of what's going to happen in the future. It's called Apartments of Melbourne. Now, Apartments of Melbourne has been a really thriving business and effectively a range of different businesses that's welcomed some 150,000 people into their residences. But after five years, uh, the boss of this business, Neil Devonport, has decided, well, enough's enough. They just can't keep going. Now, Neil Devonport himself has been in the accommodation business literally since he was 15 years old. So, you know, he's got plenty of experience, plenty of runs on the board as we're in running these types of businesses. But what he could see was almost an inevitability as to what was going to take place as a result of the Victorian government mandating a six-week lockdown. But anyway, let's get him to explain this uh, story to us. Neil, many thanks, and I'm so sorry for what's taken place with your business. Thanks, Ross. It's certainly a, a difficult time for small businesses here in Victoria and, and across Australia. Just explain to me, take me all the way back, your business, how you started it up, how you got into it in the first place. And as I said, um, you started out at the age of 15. Just just take me through some of that background. Sure, Ross. Um, so my background basically has been in and out of the uh, 
combination industry now for, or guys, I guess almost 30 years. Um, and that's from New Zealand initially, then through, through to Melbourne, Australia, and running anything from small motels to service department groups. And certainly um, that's been a really interesting uh, experience to go to, to, to go through, and one that I would have hoped had prepared me for uh, COVID-19. Um, I guess in reality, nothing can prepare you for a pandemic that you've never seen it before. So just in terms of the market you would aim at, what types of people would be staying in your accommodation? Yeah, so predominantly about 60% of our business was domestic Australian. There was about 40% from overseas, uh, relocation business, etc. So a lot of it was corporate Australians as well. So small businesses and um, often startup business, businesses would often stay with us um, right through to you know larger companies as well. Um, a lot of Australians, a lot of a lot of, of of families from regional Victoria, regional New South Wales, etc., would stay with us as well. So it was a really um, cross section of 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 the community, and certainly it's an interesting um, market to have. So, given the fact that, uh, say, for example, you've got Airbnb, it's not as though you've not seen challenges before. There's often been things such as movement in the Australian currency will have an impact. Um, you know, sort of any economic downturn could have an impact. So there's a range of different things that could affect a business like this, but nothing that you've seen comes even close to the impact of coronavirus. No, look, most changes create um, op- op- opportunity. So most changes, um, whether it's currency changes, you look at new market. Whether it is um, such as Airbnb, which has really uh, forced the Australian accommodation industry to modify how how it works, and in quite a positive way, in in, in my opinion, um, and really focus on on the customer and a much more uh, mono mono focus. Um, that has been, you know, there have been some fantastic changes. This is one though that um, effectively after the bushfires in January and February, we shut out the, the Chinese market entirely by closing our borders to China. Um, and overnight that wiped out 12% of our business. Um, I, I remember that night vividly, I was at, at a friend's place and we were having, having a couple of drinks and on came the press uh, announcement from, from the Prime Minister announcing that uh, all flights that were inbound to Australia were being turned, turned around on, on landing. Um, so we've never had that experience before where we've closed our borders. But that wiped out 12% of our market instantly. Um, and when I say instantly, those cancellations were coming through by the following morning. Um, and then from there, within, within a month, we completely closed our borders to the entire world, which wiped out essentially 40% of our business. Um, but at the same time as, as that as that going on, we had people like Telstra and all the major companies pretty much, and again, understandably, deciding that they weren't going to allow corporate travel. Now, cor- corporate travel in the business community or in the accommodation community is the bread and butter. That's what happens between Monday and Thursday, and a lot of leisure happens on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you take out the business sector, um, and the business sector is a massive income stream, um, then that fundamentally takes away your bread and butter. That pays your basic bills. And so suddenly we didn't just have uh, inbound arrivals close from overseas. We suddenly had corporate stop travelling and that then had a downward pressure on the fees being charged for accommodation. Um, and it just has spiralled from from that point. And, and, you know, whilst we've certainly had, uh, you know, different pressures at different times, nothing like this pressure. 
So given the fact that the government right now has this moratorium that allows companies to trade while insolvent, we attempted to try and guts it out and try and, you know, sort of at least take advantage of the government's assistance in this regard to see what might happen? Or did you simply come to a point, and clearly you did, that enough is enough? We have really got to, you know, be realistic about our situation now um, and, as it were, bite the bullet. Yeah, so the government's decisions and changes in laws have been really interesting. Um, as a as a business owner, um, suddenly you become a lawyer and you you start watching every premier's release, every prime minister's release, and you're trying to adjust your business on a daily basis using information that, to be fair, is so new that your lawyers can't give you advice on it, that your solicitors can't give you advice on it, that your accountants can't give you, give you advice on it because it was announced four hours ago by, by the Prime Minister. Um, and so certainly um, the, the changes around around companies being allowed to trade um, have been useful to a point. It's allowed us to, to organise a exit that may have been a case that we've possibly in March or April, would have just had to leave our keys on the desk and appoint administrators. In this case, we realised that, that there was a chance we couldn't get through. We weren't sure at that, at that early stage, but the changes did allow us to continue to trade and continue to see what our options were, um, but also start to wind down, in our case, um, the size of our company. So we reduced uh, the number of available apartments that we managed by 50% in, in three months. Um, so those changes actually allowed us to manage that change. Um, otherwise, as I said, we would have had no choice but to basically appoint, appoint administrators and walk walk away ourselves as is the process in, in administration. Um, unfortunately, over time, it's become more and more obvious that we can't fight a pandemic. And, you know, I, I, look, I've got to be honest, um, Victorian businesses in the accommodation tourism industry were weak after the bushfires. And so, you know, we've essentially started our state of emergency back in December, was our first uh, state of disaster ever declared. We had another one declared yesterday. And so certainly it's, uh, it's a challenge, um, but it's allowed us, as I said, the government's decisions have allowed us some time to work out what to do as of a few days ago, we realised there was just nothing further we could do. Another, another stage, staged lock, lockdown was really one stage too too many for our business. We've wiped out our cash flow. All, all forward bookings have been have been decimated. It really has left us with very little choice to move forward. Okay. The the other thing also is generally when companies uh, fall over or they they literally decide to you know that it's all too hard. As in your case. There are other people affected as well. So how many others are affected by the decision to close this business down? Yeah, so so again, it's, it's been an interesting process. So, you know, we've been fortunate. We're a small business operator and we've had some time over the past three or four months to, I guess, essentially clean up our accounts and clean up some of our suppliers. So we've worked hard to hard to to pay down any debt we had to small suppliers. That was a real priority to, to our business. Obviously, your bigger suppliers um, and bigger companies, they haven't been, been the highest priority. Um, and that's a hard call, call to actually make. Um, but certainly, anything from energy suppliers to you know, cleaning chemical suppliers, linen hire companies, you know, we've got a great linen hire company. We'll, we'll leave having fully paid that company. But they've lost a company that, was, as, as a customer, it was probably a, uh, 
a quarter of their business. Um, and that's, that's been hard for that company to, to deal with as well. So, you know, there's, there's a range of impacts on different businesses and, and different people. I guess one of the big challenges is for us, we um, managed 160 apartments across across Melbourne, and a lot of those were owned by people's super funds, etc., or were owned by um, by individual people. And so, of course, those apartments are now sitting empty. There's no market at the moment in Melbourne for rentals, so that then affects their income into retirement and things as well. So, look, it's a really Big scenario. As much as you know, generally you speak about you know your, your clean companies and, and all that sort of stuff. In this case, probably the biggest single change has been has been affecting the um, the people who actually own own actual apartments who now can't can't rent those apartments because there's no no market at this point. Gee, I'll tell you what, it really is, as I say, a, a story that I think is really one of many that will come in the future that we'll hear about. Neil, you've been very open in talking about this, and I really do appreciate it because I, help, I, I hope that it helps a lot of other people. In the meantime, can I just say to people, if you ever see in the future um, an apartment business or something that's run by Neil Devonport, get behind him because you can hear from this that he's been straight up, he's been very honest with people about the prospects and the, the business going forward. And as I say, an operator, who's been in this type of game for a long, long time, who didn't want to leave his suppliers high and dry. And as I say, um, all credit to you for that, Neil. And I really appreciate you having a chat with me today. No worries, Ross. Thanks for your time. Well, that's it for the Money Minutes for today. Sorry it wasn't such a a bright note, but uh, that's the reality of the situation we face as far as I said it. It's going to be tough. And really, right now, for many businesses and individuals, this is going to be all about survival. Try and hang on to that last dollar as best as you can. We'll see you very shortly. I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. Well, let me tell you.